Congregation, let me tell you this. Let me tell you, you uh, just settle down in your, in your chair wherever you are. We're going to go to the Word. Now, let me tell you this. When we come to church, typically, there are a lot of things to draw us in and excite us. It's a place to go. <laughs> you, 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 you see your friends. You bring God your covenant tithe. You serve in the ministry of helps. You have fellowship in the hospitality area. You know, there's, there's a lot of elements here that work together in the local church coming, you know, the local church gathering. But, you know, Jenny, a lot of it has been stripped away because of COVID-19. All the element of leaving your house, dressing up and coming here, that's gone. Seeing each other and the friendships and the, and, and the, and the relationships, uh, you know, we don't have that enjoyment because we're not seeing each other. Uh, the serving and the ministry of helps and putting your hand to the plow, so to speak, we don't have that anymore. Uh, there's, uh, there's still giving, but you don't even get a chance to put it in a bucket. You have to do it unless you come in person, I guess. So there's still that, but, uh, but there's a lot of stuff that's been stripped away from the normalcy of what draws people to a church. So really, Reverend Greg, what is left over? What is left over in this season? When we're only doing live stream, the main reason that we're doing this is for the word. A lot of the other social things are removed, but the preaching of the word under the anointing of the Holy Spirit is the one thing that has remained constant throughout this entire season. And the fact that you're tuning in, yes. and I know you are because you're giving. Your giving proves that you're being faithful. The fact that you're giving and you're watching and you're being faithful, and I know your heart is with me and my wife, shows me that even with all the fun stuff, the exciting stuff, the social stuff stripped away, that you are hungry because what is left what is the main deal is the word. We don't have a full band. We don't have a lot of stuff, but we do still have the word. <laughs> and we still have the anointing, praise God. And that is the main event. So despite all the other, le the less here, the less there, the word and the anointing is the main event. And that has not reduced, not an iota. In fact, the anointing seems to have picked up since this started and I got on the camera. It seems in some ways to be unique and different. The word and the anointing on the word has stayed the same. And the fact that you're still tuning in and still being faithful and still giving and still watching and still opening your Bibles or your iPad when I ask you to turn to a verse shows me, Jenny, that the people's focus, they're not swayed by all the stuff. If, 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 if coming to church was about all the other stuff, they would stop their connection with us because a lot of the stuff is gone now. But if coming to church was about the word, which it should have been in any way, they would have stayed put. And the fact that they are staying put shows me that you've got the word first in your life. Amen. And the word is what you're after. And if you will maintain that forever, you will never get off. Reverend Greg and I were talking earlier about how we, we were reminiscing about precious people we used to know years ago in other churches. And you look for them now. And, they, and it wasn't that they got away from a denomination. It wasn't that they even got away from a local, necessarily a local church, but they got into a dead church where there's no revelation preached and you see their life start to go down. Or they left church altogether and they don't go anywhere and their back's in and you watch their life start to go downhill. And it's not because we're so great. It's because the word is so great. You've got to stay closely connected, not just privately, but in a local church under an anointing of an office preaching the word to you because you 
you may get revelation at home, but it's different to the revelation that comes from an office because that revelation is higher, that comes from a higher office to feed you as sheep. So if you keep the word strong and you're doing it, it's proving with all the stuff stripped away, they're still watching because they're hungry for the word first. And that is what will set your future. That is why 10 years from now, you'll still be strong. When other people backslide and fall away and get sick and die of cancer, you'll be strong. When other people lose their jobs, lose their homes, go into all kinds of disarray and disamaze and, 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 and pain and suffering. When all of that happens, you'll be strong. Why? Because of the word. Amen. It's more than promise of life. It's the word preached under an anointing through an office at promise of life. But it's the word. I'm encouraged that the word of God is as rich as it has been when we gather together. And I'm telling you, I can feel it. Revelation is flowing. And every time I've preached to you, God's given me something very particular and very specific. And today is no exception. So I want you please to turn. I, I'm watching the time, so don't be afraid of that. Uh, it's not going to take me that long. But I want you to turn, please, to the book of Matthew chapter 11. Now, last week, if you recall, when I was preaching to you, I titled it, Don't Just Ask, Lay Hold. And remember, the word of the Lord came to me. Some of the congregation are asking me, but they're not laying hold of it with their faith. There's a difference. And I explained that last week, so I can't explain it again. But just to ask God is faith. But to lay hold is the spirit of faith. There's a difference. And that's when you lay hold of it and you, and you're, and you speak to it and you commend it. If I'm talking about money particularly, but all your body healing as well. Anything you believe in God for. You ask in faith. That's the prayer of faith. That's according to uh, Mark 11, 20, 24. That's the prayer of faith. But then you can't just forget about it and act like it doesn't exist. You've got to keep your attention on your act. Actively believing and pulling that thing towards you, which is laying hold and pulling it towards you. Now that takes an aggression and that takes the spirit of faith to do that. Amen. Praise God. And I quoted you, I quoted you Matthew 11 and verse 12. And Matthew 11 and verse 12, praise God, I will read to you right now. And it says, let me just find it because I got a lot of verses that are rolling around here. Matthew chapter 11 and verse 12. And the King James says, and from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. Remember, God said, you got to lay hold. That's another way to say, you got to take it. You got to reach out and be aggressive. See the aggression here. It suffers violence. There's a violent attitude to faith and the kingdom of God, God wants that. This is a good thing, not a bad thing. Now I quoted that verse repeatedly last Sunday about laying hold. But I didn't read it from the Passion Translation, which, which is a translation I've come to appreciate. And so I want to read it to you from the Passion. Listen to this now. From the moment John stepped onto the scene until now, the realm of heaven's kingdom is bursting forth and passionate people have taken hold of its power. Passionate people. See, it takes some passion. It takes some aggression. That's what the spirit of faith really is. It's passion. It's not lazy. It's not, I don't know. It's a passion. Passionate people are take, have taken hold, taken hold, taken hold of its power. The violent take it by force. From the moment John stepped onto the scene until now, the realm of heaven's kingdom is bursting forth. 
and passionate people have taken hold of its power. Let me tell you something, brother and sister. If you don't get passionate and excited and anticipating with the spirit of faith and not just asking in faith, but laying hold, taking hold and pulling it towards you, listen, the kingdom won't burst forth in your life. But if you will lay hold of it, it will burst forth to you. Amen. We got it right here in the Bible. I mean, this version is, it says it so wonderfully better than even the King James because it says, it just says it suffers violence and the violent take it. But the, but the passion very clearly says that it's bursting forth and passionate people are taking hold of its power. Now, can I read you a commentary on this verse? This is by, this is theo, theological commentaries here by a theologian. Watch this. This verse, it says, Jennifer, is one of the most difficult passages in the entire book of Matthew to translate from the Greek. Really? When the Greek words are translated into Hebrew, now, okay, I'm going to pause on that because I'm going to read another verse to you. Let me just say this. this. This verse is one of the most difficult passages in the book of Matthew to translate from the Greek. A, the I've just read you what the Passion says, but this is what this commentary says. This verse is best translated this way. The kingdom of heaven is entered into by force and violent ones take hold of it. The kingdom of heaven is entered into by force and violent ones take hold of it. In other words, you can't just be lackadaisical in the kingdom of faith and the kingdom of God. If you want to enter in, that's why it says it suffers violence. If you, if you want what God has for you, there's got to be an aggressive, yes. passionate, the passion says, and an aggressive, passionate, charging forward, like it says here, the, the kingdom of heaven is entered into by force. There's got to be some push to you. Oh, yeah. And the violent ones lay hold, take hold of it. It take hold of it. When you take hold of something, you pull it towards you. God said to me, a lot of them are asking, but they're not laying hold. This is what he's talking about. He's talking. he's talking about laying hold of it. But there's a force to that. The passion says you are passionate when you do that. There's a spirit of faith involved. There's an attitude. Yeah. Spirit of faith is an attitude of faith. Yeah. It's an aggression of faith. It's not just faith. It's, 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 I don't know how to put it in English, Jenny. It's the it's the intangible side of faith. It's the, it's the attitude of it. It's the passion of it. It's the aggression of faith. It's when you don't just ask, but you lay hold. I love it. But I love it because it says it's bursting forth. And only the passionate ones that are laying hold are getting the benefit of the bursting forth of the kingdom. My God. Now, let me, this is the, this is the, this is the uh, obscure verse that I'd never really read before in this context. And I've read it in the King James, but it kind of just went over my head like it probably does most people's head. But this commentary mentions a verse that from the Hebrew translation is very, very similar to Matthew eleven twelve. It says, when the Greek words are translated from this verse are translated into Hebrew, remember, the kingdom of heaven is entered into by force and the violent ones take hold of it. When that is translated into Hebrew, it becomes a clear reference to what Micah said in chapter 2, verse 12 and 13. And it includes a word in Hebrew called peretz, which means the breaking forth. Remember it says the kingdom of God is bursting forth. 
And this, it connects to a Hebrew word, peretz, which means breaking forth. And it's a clear reference, Matthew eleven twelve 12 is a clear reference to Micah, to, to verse 12 to 13. So I'd like to read you Micah chapter 2, verse 12 to 13. I'll read it first from the King James Version. Micah is after uh, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, Malachi. <laughs> Can you find it somewhere in there? There's Daniel, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah. So look for Micah and the whale and you'll find Jonah and the whale and you'll find Micah. Now Micah chapter 2. Jennifer, when you laugh at my corny jokes, it is greatly appreciated. <laughs> now let me read it from the King James. Now remember, this word in this Hebrew translation of what Jesus said is a clear reference to this verse. In fact, Jesus might have even been thinking about this verse. We don't know. When he preached that, we don't know. But he would have known the Old Testament. He would have known the minor prophets. I will surely assemble, O Jacob, all of thee, verse 12. I will surely gather the remnant of Israel, and I will put them together as the sheep of Basra, as the flock in the midst of their fold. They shall make great noise by reason of the multitude of men. The breaker is come up before them. They have broken up and have passed through the gate and are gone out by it, and their king shall pass before them and the Lord on the head of them. Now that's King James, which is a little bit uh, harder to understand, and it's still pretty glorious in the King James. Let me read it to you from the Amplified. Now, ladies, a lot of you have wigs. Hold on right now. Grab your locks and hold on to it in Jesus' name. Jennifer, you don't have a wig. You don't need to put your hand there. Praise God. Now, let me read it to you because the word of the Lord came to me when I read this, Jenny. In fact, I had a whole other sermon planned. And when, and when I started studying this, the word of the Lord came to me and said, this is what I want you to preach on Sunday morning. So this is, uh, I haven't really had time to write out a bunch of notes for this, but it came by the Spirit uh, this morning, actually, and I'll have to preach the sermon I had planned maybe next week. But this is what God wants us for today. Surely, verse 12 in the Amplified Classic, I will surely gather all of you, O Jacob. I will surely collect the remnant of Israel. I will bring them, or Israel, together as like sheep in a fold, like a flock in the midst of their pasture. They, the fold and the pasture, shall swarm with men and hum with much noise. Watch now. The breaker, capital B. The Messiah will go up before them. Who? The sheep in the pasture. They will break through, pass in through the gate, and go out through it. And their king will pass on before them, the Lord at their head. My God. And the Holy Ghost started talking to me and saying, did you know? This is why they say this is a clear reference to me because it says it suffers violence or, or it's, it, it's entered into violently. And the, the Greek implies a bursting forth. That's why the passion, the passion translation says the kingdom of God is bursting forth and passionate men lay hold of it and take it. There's a bursting forth. What is another word of bursting forth? Breaking out, breaking out, breaking forth, bursting forth. It's the same thing. And that's why it's connected to Micah chapter 2 verse 13 because it says the Messiah, the breaker, the breaker of the one that causes the breakthrough or the break forth will go before them and they will break through. And they will break through. You could say they will burst forth. The Messiah, well, the breaker, the one of God of the breakthrough will go before them and the people, the sheep will break through and go through the gate. Wow. That's why you can see the connection 
from the Hebrew translation to what the Greek is saying in, in Matthew eleven twelve, because it's talking about there is an aggressive push and a force being given by people who are violently taking the kingdom, but the kingdom is bursting, bursting yes. forth, yes. bursting, breaking through for those that will aggressively take it. Amen. Lazy Christians don't get things from God. I feel like Norval Hayes, because that's what he'd say all the time. God don't like lazy Christians. God don't, I mean, God loves everybody, but you know what I'm saying? He don't like lazy Christians. You don't get things from God when you're lazy and ignorant. You get things from God because you're hungry and because you press a little bit. You press a little bit. You push, you put some force behind it. You put some passion behind it and you lay hold of what he promised you and you're guaranteed to burst forth. Why? Oh my God, Jenny, I'm so excited about this verse. I've never read it from the Amplified Classic before. Now listen, the Lord, the Lord spoke to me when I was studying this and he said, did you know the promise, the promise of verse 13? It's a promise. Yeah. The promise of breaking forth is conditional on verse 12. Yes, it is. You, everything with God is conditional. You don't get certain, you don't get, you don't get eternal life unless you're born again. The promise is conditional. You don't get things unless you got faith. The promise of all the blessings is conditional on faith and the love walk and the patience walk and all these other elements of faith, including the spirit of faith and aggression. These are conditions. But the promise of breaking out in verse 13, my brothers and sisters, is conditional on the, on the requirement of verse 12. And the requirement of verse 12 is what? That you have to be a sheep that's born again, but more than a sheep, you have to be in a fold. My God, Jennifer. That's revelation knowledge. I know that applies to every, every one of you watching, you have passed the conditions of, of verse 12. Because not only are you born again, a lot of people are born again, they're sheep, but they're not in a fold. No, that's right. they're, they're, they're what Dr. Dufresne called church tramps, jumping from church to church, hopping around like a bunch of rabbits. And they don't plant, they don't submit, they don't come under the authority and the submission of an office, and they can't plant their roots down so they don't get the promises of Psalm 1, which is your fruit, you'll prosper in your season, your fruit won't wither, everything you do will prosper, you'll bear fruit. They don't have that because they're not planted. But when you are planted in a church and come under submission to authority, to an office that God, according to Ephesians 4, he says, I give you gifts. Let them help you, let them feed you, let them guide you. You got the Holy Ghost. You don't need them to tell you what to do. That's, that's wrong. But let them help feed you the word and give you sound doctrinal counsel. Amen. Now, when, see, you can be saved, but not be in a fold. Yeah. You can be a church tramp. But I don't preach to church tramps. Every now and then a church tramp tunes in. And the church tramp gets convicted. And if their heart is pure enough, or they'll come in person, if their heart is pure enough, they'll make a change. Yeah. But if they just want to jump around, hop around, and not be submitted to anybody because they just want to just let me just be a visitor all the time. You don't get benefits the same being a visitor as you do a member. You don't because the pastor don't know you. The pastor don't pray for you the same. The pastor can't impart to you the same, can't rescue you the same, can't correct you the same, can't intercede for you the same because you're just wandering around. But I'm not preaching to that group because the people I'm preaching to are not only sheep, but they're sheep of a fold. Yes, they are. 
the fold is called promise. I'm trying to encourage you, not correct you. Unless you're a tramp and you're watching today, then take the correction and make a change. Find the local church God wants you to be a part of and stop jumping around. But my congregation aren't tramps. They're, they're sheep of a, of a pasture and of a fold. Let me read it. You all qualify for verse 12. You qualify already. Now let me read it again. I will surely gather all of you, O Jacob, we could say, O promise of life. I will surely collect the remnant of Israel. I will bring them Israel together like sheep in a fold not sheep wandering around, like a flock in the midst of their pasture. Remember, Jesus said, if I get a, find a sheep that's gone off by himself, yeah. I'll even leave the 99 and I'll go after the one that is not under a pasture. Did you see that? Yeah. And he goes to rescue the sheep that's not under a pastor, under a shepherd. And he leaves the other ones to go and rescue because it is more important that they, that they stay alone for a second while he goes to rescue the one that doesn't have a shepherd. Now, Jesus is saying, if you don't have a pastor, you need rescue. You don't have a pastor, you need rescue. But if you've got a pastor, you're in a fold. Like sheep in a fold, like a flock in the midst of their pasture. They, the fold and the pasture, shall swarm with men and hum with much noise. In other words, there's a lot of stuff going on in that sheepfold. There's a lot of activity. There's a lot of vision being cast. There's a lot of humming and power and excitement and vision. And this is what God's doing. And this is what's God. Hey, that's promise of life right there. We're humming with noise. The vision in the sheepfold is being cast. But my brother and sister, if you, if you qualified for verse 12, which you do. Even Jose, even, even Jesse, even Abs McGee qualifies. <laughs> even Shamar, who's doing the workout, qualifies because they're sheep in a fold. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you again for that video, Morales family. Hallelujah. If you qualify by being a part of a church, which all of you do, verse 13 is our portion. Jenny, verse 13 is our promise. God is giving us a promise. I want things to burst forth because you're part of the kingdom. It wants to burst forth in your life, but you got to have passion. You got to have aggression. You got to be violent and you got to lay hold of it. Lay hold of it. Lay hold of it. Don't just sit back and relax. Lay hold of what you're believing God for. This is part two to last week, I guess. I guess this is part two. <laughs> you got to lay hold of it. But watch now, the breaker, capital B, the Messiah, Jesus, is the breaker forth. The Bible even says, remember David, he called the place uh, Jehovah Perizim, if I'm getting the Hebrew, I don't have it in my notes, I'm going on memory, but it's in, in the Hebrew, it means the God of the breakthrough. Because God has, remember, I don't know the reference, but I'll find it for you, I'm just speaking out of my spirit. But remember, he said, God has broken through for me against my enemies, like the breaking forth of many waters, and he called the place, Baal Perizim, or whatever it means, it means the God of the break forth or the breakout or the breakthrough. David himself said, God broke through for me against my enemies. And he named that soil God of the breakthrough. That is connected to Mark, Ma uh, Matthew 11 because God is saying, if you will aggressively believe me, I will burst forth for you. Yeah. It's like Proverbs 4, the tithe, when you bring the tithe into the storehouse, if you obey God and trust him with that, the Bible says your presses will burst forth with new wine. Yeah. Why? Because it's covenant. Where does a tithe go? The local church. What is God saying here? The local church, the, path, the sheep in a local church have a right to break through. That's what, my, my, that's what uh, Micah says. Yeah. 
But now we see also, we see that Proverbs 4 tells us that if you honor God with the tithe, your presses, your barns will be filled with plenty and your presses will break forth with new wine. Burst forth. Why? Because bursting forth is connected to the tithe. What is the tithe connected to? Covenant. What is the tithing covenant connected to? God's covenant children in the local church. So we see here the local church and the covenant representing by the tithe is connected to a bursting forth of new wine. And now we see here being a part of a sheepfold, being faithful, which would include your tithe. It doesn't specify it, but you take the whole counsel of scripture. Now we see this is a bursting forth. And now you take Matthew and you see if you've got aggression to your faith, and you lay hold of some things, there'll be a bursting forth. But you can't, you can't take them in pieces. You can't say, I'll be aggressive in my faith, but I won't be part of a local church. You can't say, I'll be aggressive in my faith, but I won't tithe. Because they're all connected. When you are faithful, when you are a covenant man and you obey the covenant promises, which is tithing and walking 11, many other things. When you do that, you'll see the promise in Proverbs says your, your presses will burst forth. Jesus says by the Passion Translation in Matthew 11, the kingdom on your life will burst forth. And now we see here, when you're part of a local church, it, not only a sheep, but a sheep in a pasture, in a flock. Jesus, the Messiah, is called the Breaker, capital B. That means the Breaker Forth, the God, like David said, the God of the Breakthrough. Jesus is the God of the breakthrough. He's the breaker. I've never heard him called that. I've heard him called the branch. I've heard him called many things. But did you know he was called the Breaker, Jenny? This is capitalized. He is the Breaker Forth. If you qualify as a sheep in a fold, The breaker, the Messiah, will go up before you. God is plowing the road. God is breaking forth. Where there's problems, he's breaking forth. He's breaking through those problems ahead of you. The breaker goes ahead of you and will go up before them. And then what happens? Because he's gone before us, Jenny, and he's caused the victory to be sure by his power. The next thing, and they who, the sheep, will break through and pass in through the gate and go out through it. What have we been saying? Hebron is all about a new season. An effectual open door is unto me. And there are many adversaries, COVID-19. We have entered into a new season of Hebron. What does that mean? A new door is open unto us. What is God saying? He's using the same terminology, but instead of using the word door, he's using the word gate. But a gate is the same thing as a door. It's something that gets you access or bars you from something. Now, God's saying Jesus is our breaker because we have been faithful to a local church and the covenant men and women of God. The breaker forth, the Messiah, goes ahead of us and we, the sheep, will also break forth, break through, and what? Go through the door. Walk in through the gate, the effectual door that is opened unto me and there are many adversaries. What is God? saying promise of life you are in a season of going through a door going through a gate going through but in the going through there is a breakthrough and a bursting forth as you enter 2020 in Hebron there is a breaking forth in Hebron because it says we the sheep will break forth Matthew says we will burst forth 
Proverbs says we will burst forth. There is a bursting and a breaking through as we go through the gate. As we've entered into Hebron 2020, we're going through a new door. There may be many adversaries. Don't look at the adversaries. In the presence of mine enemies, he prepares a table before me. In that new Hebron 2020 season, we are coming through a gate, but we're not just coming through it, Jenny. This is the special revelation for today. We're, we keep saying we're going through in this devil's, there's going through this COVID, but God's adding to it. We're not just going through the door and there's an enemy. We are going through the door and we are breaking forth. Amen. That's, the, that's the word for this morning. That's what God wanted you to get. Amen. We're not just going through a gate. It says they will break through and pass in through the gate and go out through it. But as you go through this gate, this door, this new season, there is not just enemies and we're going into a new season. It's not just that. We are, go we are going through a new door. There is a new season and there are enemies, but don't forget, as you go through the gate, you are breaking through. You are bursting forth as you go through the gate. This is what people got to lay hold of. It's my time to burst forth because I'm going through the effectual door with Pastor Craig. Amen. And why? Because, oh my God, Jennifer, Jesus, the breaker, has gone through the door before me. He saw the problems. And he went and he said, move you, move you, move you. And he is literally, what is, why would you need a breakthrough if there's no obstacle? There are obstacles. But he is, like David said, he, 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 is, he is broken forth for me upon my enemies because they were obstacles like the breaking forth of water. Like water is dammed up and it breaks that dam. The dam is the obstacle, but it breaks through it. The enemy was the obstacle, but God broke through it for David. There are obstacles because as soon as you go through a gate, they're adversaries. But God is saying, I have already broken through that for you. I'm the breaker. I've gone ahead of you. Now watch the end of this verse. And their king will pass on before them, ahead of us. And the Lord will be at our head, ahead of us. Yeah. My God, Jenny. Three times in one verse, God is emphasizing, I went ahead of you. The breaker will go before them. End of the verse. The king will pass before them. The Lord will be at their head. What's God saying? Listen, guys, there's a new opportunity. There's a new door. I know there's adversaries, but be not afraid. I, as your great God, the God of the breakthrough, the breaker, the Messiah, I have gone ahead of you and I've already cleared the road. I did the hard part. You got the easy part. I've gone ahead and my power has made a way for you. I have gone ahead of you. What you need to do is go through the gate like I have. And don't worry about the enemies because I've already broken through. And claim what I've promised that they will break through. And pass through the gate. Do you see it? There's a difference there. You don't just pass through a gate. You pass through a gate and break through. You pass through a gate and burst forth. Why? Because the breakthrough went ahead of you. The capital B breakthrough. It's not just a statement. It's a person. Jesus is the breakthrough. The capital B. He went ahead of me. He cleared the road for me. He plowed the snow for me, so to speak. And he says, son, come on now. Come on. I've already done the hard stuff. My power's plowed it for you. Come on, come through this new door of Hebron 2020. There's gonna be some adversaries. Don't worry, I've already broken through. I'm at your head. I've gone ahead of you. The king has gone before. <laughs> 
My God, the king has gone before me. All I have to do is agree with him and say, yes, sir, I'm a sheep in a, in a, in a fold. I've got a pastor. I'm submitted and I'm covenant minded. Lord, I'm going to bring my tithe and I'm going to burst through. I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to burst through. I'm going to release aggressive faith like Matthew says, Lord, because the kingdom is bursting through and I'm going to lay hold of what you've promised me and I'm going to pull it toward me and I'm not going to be denied. If you went ahead and if I'm going through the door, I'm also going to break through, through that door. My God, Jennifer, that's powerful. That is so powerful. I'm so glad he changed the sermon. This is much better than the other sermon I had. My God, I'm so glad I listened to him because I have to do it by faith because I didn't write notes on this. So a lot of this is by inspiration of the Holy Ghost. He only said this to me this morning. And sometimes he does that. He messes with me a little bit because he just wants me to step over in my spirit and not look at my notes so much so that the Holy Ghost can speak. It's not just, I'll say it one more time. It's not just about going through a door and there's enemies. That's not where the sentence ends. He's adding some stuff. He's not that it's new. He's told us this all the way along, but it's fresh revelation. Yes, you're going through a door. Yes, there's many adversaries, but don't worry because I went ahead of you and I broke through for you. The king has gone ahead of you and plowed the road. Those adversaries are as good as nothing. They've come to naught. All you have to do is by faith, with an aggressive faith, with a taking hold of kind of faith, and and a a forceful faith, go through the door with your pastor, with your shepherd. And as you go through it, don't just put your focus. See, this 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 is how the Holy Ghost wants me to say it. Remember, if I had time to prep, I could have written all this out and said it more smoothly, but it's coming up as I'm speaking. This is how the Holy Ghost wants me to say it. Some of you have entered in through the door, but your focus is on the adversaries. And God wants you to go through the door and you can see them in your peripheral, but you don't even lock lock eyes with them. You know they're there, but your focus is not on them. Your focus is looking at Jesus who has gone ahead of you to defeat them. Just keep your eyes on Jesus, the breaker through the breakthrough. Just keep your eyes on him and say, Lord, you went ahead of me and you've taken care of this nonsense. So I'll keep my eyes on you. I won't look at it. I won't focus on the bad things that are going on right now. I'm going to keep my eyes on you. Remember, keep your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith, Romans 12. Uh, I'm going to keep Hebrews 12, sorry. I'm going to keep my eyes on you, Jesus. And I'm going to, because I'm watching you as I step through, I'm going to break forth. I personally, my family is going to break through. I'm going to break. I'm not just coming through a door into a new season looking at enemies. I'm coming through a door into a new season, ignoring the enemies and keeping my focus on the breaking forth, the bursting forth that you have planned for me because I'm watching you. I'm looking at your back. You're up ahead of me. See, we can walk through a new season, Jenny, and do this, look at every, all these problems, or we can look through and we know they're there. He makes a table for me in the presence of my enemies. He knows they're there, but the focus is the food. You're not, you're, not, you're not looking at the enemies. You're looking at what you're eating. In Psalm 23. So when we come through, you know they're there. But make the focus on what you're eating. Jesus is the word. He's what we're eating. Why don't you just come through? You know they're there, but just keep your eyes on the word. Keep your eyes on your meal. Keep your eyes on Jesus, the breakthrough who went ahead of you and start to say, this is the key, my brother and sister, start to say, I have come into a new room. I have come into a new place and I am breaking through. through. Don't come in and go, I've come into a new room. Oh my God, look at all these problems. I've come into a new room. I know they're there. They're in the profile. I I won't even lock. They're not worthy of my direct eyesight. 
I keep my eyes on Jesus. I keep my eyes on my meal, my spiritual food in the presence of mine enemies. I keep my eyes on him. And because he broke through for me, I have a right to break through or to burst forth. So I say, I've come into Hebron and I am breaking through. And that's, that's, that's what the title of the sermon's going to be, which I didn't even know before I preached, but that's what it is. That's the core. That's the nuclear of what I'm trying, the Holy Ghost is trying to say to you through me. I've come into Hebron and I'm bursting forth. Or I've come into Hebron and I'm breaking through. Yes. Pick whichever phrase you prefer. I've come, but you're going to start saying it. I have come into Hebron and don't talk about COVID-19. I have come into Hebron, my eyes are on the breakthrough, and I am breaking through. I am am bursting forth. forth. Hallelujah. Why? Because what he's promised me, I'm not just lackadaisically asking and then forgetting. I'm laying hold with aggressive faith. That's That's what causes the breakthrough is the laying hold. The kingdom is bursting forth, but passionate people get that because they are laying hold. How are you going to get the bursting forth? You've got to lay hold. That's the condition. So you're coming in to a new season. You are laying hold with your faith. Your eyes are on the breakthrough and you are breaking through. That's the key. That's the key, my brother and sister. We all know we're coming into a new season. We all know that, but we all know there's enemies, but we've got to keep aggressive faith because that's the ingredient to bursting forth. If you come through, but you just get lazy or you keep your attention on the enemy, you won't burst through. So we're coming through into a new season. We're laying hold with aggressive faith. We're keeping our eyes on the breakthrough who went ahead of us. We're not focusing on all the negatives. And we are declaring, I have come into Hebron and I am breaking through. Praise God. Hallelujah. My God, my God, my God, my God. I am so excited. Holy Ghost, thank you. Thank you. Lord, it's not necessarily something brand new that nobody knows about because we've been talking about breaking through and increase and blessing and all this stuff. We're talking about it all the time. But he's, Lord, you're, you're phrasing it and you're giving us scripture for it in such a unique way, in such a tangible way. So if I had four points, which I didn't because it came out by the Spirit, but if I had to give you four points, they would be this. Number one, enter, in, enter into the season. Be in unity with your pastor. Come on in. Come on in. Number two, stop looking at the problems. Don't look at them. Number three, lay hold in faith because that's the condition to breaking forth. Lay hold aggressively with what God has promised you and what you've asked him and claimed by faith. Now lay hold of it and start to pull it towards you aggressively because that aggressive faith is the ingredient required to break through. So come in with me. Don't look at the enemy. Lay hold on what God's promised you and be aggressive in pulling it towards you in your aggressive, violent faith, your forceful faith. Number four, look at Jesus. Focus on the breakthrough who went ahead of you. Don't look at anything else. And number five, start to say and believe. Let your heart agree with your mouth. I have entered into a new season and I am breaking through. I am in the middle of an abundant bursting forth. Start to believe once you've entered in, once you've kept your attention off the enemy, once you're laying hold in your faith, once your eyes are fixed on Jesus who has gone ahead of you, once you've done all those things and rightfully so, now start to believe and start to confess in this year, 
I am bursting forth. In this Hebron year, I am breaking through. I can't help, but I can't help but increase. I can't help but be healed. I can't help but be safe. I can't help but have an increase financially. I can't help but creative ideas coming to me. I can't help but that spirit of prayer coming on me. I can't help it. It's just going to happen because this is my year in Hebron to break through. I've come into the bursting forth season of my life. You said, but I, ha- I don't see it, Pastor Craig. I don't even have a job. I don't know what's going to happen. I know you can't see it, some of you, my brother and sister, but faith is not about sight. Faith is all this. Faith, if you look at Hebrews 11:1, 1, it says faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You've got to walk by faith and not by sight. You've got to believe before you see it. But if you stay in faith, it will start without sight, but it will always end with sight because what you're believing for will eventually show up in the physical realm so your senses can appreciate it and receive it. So faith, you don't walk by, you walk by faith, not by sight, but faith always ends in sight. It always comes to pass. So you may not see it or feel it or know how God's going to do it. You don't need to. Just come into the season with me. Most of you are going to stop looking at the problem. Most of you are doing that. Lay hold aggressively with what God's promised you. Some of you need to improve that. Keep your focus on Jesus. He is the breakthrough and worship him as your breakthrough because he went ahead of you. And number five, start to say, I've come into my season of breakthrough. I've come into Hebron. This is my season to run. This is my season to break through. This is my season to burst forth. This is my season to burst forth. I will burst forth. I'll get out of debt this year. I'll pay some stuff down this year. I'll have extra money to be a blessing to others this year. This is my season of the breakthrough. My God, Jennifer. You see how Matthew is connected to Micah? Matthew's emphasis is the aggression of faith. And that will cause a bursting forth. Micah's emphasis is not as much on the faith. It's about Jesus has broken forth for you and you're coming in through a new door. Now break forth with him. But it requires the faith of Matthew 11. You've got to interpret scripture with scripture. You can't just say, I've come to you, I'm going to keep my eyes on Jesus and I'm going to break through because there's a very important element missing. Because you can say that theoretically and I love you, Jesus, and my pastor says we're in a new season and I'm not going to focus on the enemies and and I'm doing all these steps, but something's not happening for me. I'm going my day to day and I'm kind of trying to believe that this is going to be my year of breakthrough, but something's not happening. There's a missing ingredient that is called aggressive faith. The aggressive faith is the ingredient that causes the bursting forth. My God, you can't just ask. You've got to lay hold. Let me read it one more time. From the moment John stepped onto the scene until now, the realm of heaven's kingdom is bursting forth and passionate people have taken hold of its power. And the closest to the Greek is the kingdom of heaven is entered into by force and violent ones take hold of it. God is looking for us to lay hold, not just ask. Praise God. When he said to us, with Randy, and I'll end with this, Jenny, remember with Randy when he came with the Mississauga miracle and it was beyond my measure of faith, but thank God it wasn't his. I just kind of followed along the leader. I didn't, I didn't have faith for that, but he did. And, he, and I watched him how he did it. He aggressively took it by faith. Every time would get in the car, every time, even during lunch. Thank God I believe I have received the $276,000 for the building fund. He'd interrupt me sometimes. I'd be talking to him and he'd just say, thank God I believe I have received the 200. And I started paying attention and going, you see, that's somebody that is aggressively pulling it, pulling it, pulling it, pulling it, not looking at the natural, pulling it, pulling it. And when you do that, what's going to happen? It's a spiritual law. 
you will enter into something and burst forth. And what did we do? We got more than, we got more than the prophet asked for. That's right. And now I'm believing for more. Last year I asked for 200. We got 256. More. Praise God. God knew we'd need it because he knew the price was going to go up. Now he says to me, son, believe me for more. Don't believe me for the same as last year because this was supposed to be the same as last year, 200. But he said, the path of righteousness gets brighter. Amen. Don't believe me for the same as last year. I said, well, Lord, what else? He said, believe me for that hanger. I don't want you, I don't want you paying interest on that hanger. That's right. You shouldn't be paying some other man for that hanger. The money's in the church. Add the two buildings together. Put the 200 and the 179 and believe me for 379. Really, Lord? Well, if he's telling me to do it, it's within my measure because he wouldn't lead me outside my measure. So I checked my spirit. Was there joy and peace? There's much joy and peace. So what's he doing? I'm aggressively pulling that toward me. And what's going to happen? I'm going to burst forth. Praise God. Hallelujah. Even with this Africa thing. It's not even on our radar hardly. It's not even in our vision, so to speak. But I said, Lord, I'm going to believe you for that money. I'm going to start pulling it toward me. And you watch. It will burst forth. It works for the kingdom. It works in my personal life with my business. Jenny and I have been saying, Lord, we lay hold of it and we start pulling it toward us by faith. We'll do the natural stuff, but we're, we're taking it by faith more than anything else. Yeah. And even just a little tiny bit, but we just started to see the little green leaf prick through the soil, which in some ways is a little mini bursting forth. Yeah. Praise God. It's a more is coming, but it's a little bursting forth. You see, but you've got to lay hold of it. You've got to take it. What about that plane? I don't know how we're going to get that plane. I don't know where, when we're going to get that plane. But I just kept saying, Father, I thank you. I believe I've received the first aircraft for promise of life. I don't know how we're going to do it. Now you're telling me to wait for the building. Lord, I don't know when we're going to get the plane now. I guess it's not going to be for a while because I don't even know when the building offering is going to be. But God had another plan. Son, if you just learn to be led by my spirit, I'll give it to you without an offering. Just lay hold of it and pull a toy. Don't try to figure it out. Just lay hold and pull it towards you. Thank you, Father. I believe I've received my new job. Some of you, and I'm speaking by the Spirit, you believe in God for more clients. So why don't you start saying, Father, I believe I received by faith 10 new clients. I, call, I claim it. Devil, take your hands off those clients in Jesus' name. Lord, I, I, I say, angels, go cause those clients to come. And I pull it in, Lord. I pull it in. I claim it. I'm aggressive. I lay hold on that. And I say every day, thank you, I believe I've received my new tent. Don't try to figure out where they're coming from. And don't try to automatically do advertising. If he wants you to advertise, he'll tell you. Advertise and then advertise where he tells you to advertise. Don't just waste money advertising when he didn't tell you. Because he's got a hundred ways to get those ten new clients. And it may not even require advertising. Just be led by the Spirit in your action, but start to say, I believe I've received those 10 clients. I believe I've received that new job. I believe I've received that $5 an hour raise. I believe I've received that, that promotion. I believe I've received that transfer because I want to be in that department, not this department. I believe I've received it, Father. I believe I've received healing because this body part is not working right. I believe I've received, I pull my healing. I pull it. It's provided for me like the finances. I pull it by faith. What is going to happen, Jenny? I'm going to burst forth. Amen. The healing is going to burst forth. The finances is going to burst forth. The 10 new clients is going to burst forth because bursting forth is connected to aggressive faith. Amen. Going through a new season, a new door, looking at Jesus who is the burster, the breaker forth and keeping your eyes on him and saying, I'm breaking forth in 2020. I'm breaking forth in Hebron. I'm running and I'm breaking forth. It's my season to burst forth and not just saying it, but believing in your heart that what you say will come to pass. You'll have whatever you say and you add that confession with your strong pulling in. I'm telling you, it's inevitable. It's guaranteed. 
like the sun would rise in the tomorrow morning. If you'll do that, you'll be an aggressive faith and you'll confess and believe for breakthrough. This year will be a year of great bursting forth for you because we have come through a gate. And the king has gone before us. The breaker has gone ahead of us. Amen. I'm telling you, isn't God good? Remember, he told the Israelites, he said, he said, I go before you into the land to drive out the inhabitants, to drive out the, Hiv- the Hivites, the Perizzites, the termites, and all the other rites. Remember, he said, I've gone before you. Remember, he said that in Exodus 23 and 33, he said, I go before you. How many times is he saying, I've gone before you? What did he say in 1 Corinthians 2, 9, Jenny? Eyes are seen and ears are heard. The things which God has prepared. What does that mean? He went ahead of us and prepared something. What did Jesus say? I go ahead of you. I go before you to make a mention for you in heaven. He hasn't just made stuff ready for us on the earth. He's made stuff ready for us in the next life. He's constantly thinking ahead. He's never behind. He's never late. He's always going ahead of us to make a way so that if we'll just walk in aggressive faith and follow him, it will burst there. 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 And we won't have nothing but joy. And we'll just say, oh my God, this is the greatest witness to sinners. Do you know how blessed God has? He's blessed me. He's healed me. He's delivered me. I didn't have a job and he gave me a job. Look at how God, and they were looking, I don't have any of that, right? Because your father is a dirty, rotten scoundrel called the devil. And he's also preparing a place for you. And it's not a good place. Come on with me to Jesus. Come on with me to Jesus. Oh, the good life that he has. Ephesians 2.10, he's planned for you to walk in paths preordained so that you would live a good life. Ephesians 2, 10 amplified version. Father, bless the congregation today. Bless them, Father. Bless them, bless them, bless them. Let them remember they're they're part of a fold. They qualify. They're entering into a gate or a door with me. They will not focus on the enemies, for there are many adversaries. But they will lay hold of what you've promised with aggressive, violent, forceful faith. They will keep their eye on the breakthrough, capital B, who's gone before them. And they will start to say, this is my Hebron year. I am breaking through. And their words, if they believe it with their faith, will cause a bursting forth like the waters, like many waters. God will burst forth on our behalf. And I give you praise for it, Father. That's my title. I'm in Hebron and I'm breaking through. I'm in Hebron and I'm breaking through. In Jesus' name, let those words come to pass. In Jesus' name, let it be so. In my life and in their life, Father, for we are in this together. We're a sheep flock and fold together. We're in it together. We're a family. Lord, if I'm being blessed, they should be blessed. If I'm getting revelation, they should be getting revelation. Because if they've got a heart to open up, it will flow from, from Aaron's, beard, Aaron's head down the beard into the outer garments. It will flow to every single one that has an open, hungry heart. I'm in Hebron, promise of life, and I'm breaking through. Promise of life, did you hear me? I said, I'm in Hebron, and I'm breaking through. In Jesus' name.